Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties, pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to another podcast of You Wear It Well. And uh, I have a very special guest today, and her name is Fumi Lawal, and she is the CEO and founder of Clipnix. And um, I'm not going to say any more because she knows it all about her company. So, Fumi, go ahead and get the show started. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Um, my name is Fumi, like um, Jeff said. Um, I'm founder and CEO of um, Clipnix. Um, in 2002, seven days after having a baby, I had a full stroke. Uh, I couldn't use my right side. Um, that was unfortunate because there was a little baby and there was me doing nothing. Uh, I couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't do anything for the baby. Um, luckily, I have I had my mom, so she took over. Um, I spent six weeks in hospital. And on my getting out, I had physiotherapy, uh, occupational therapy, um, speech and language therapy. So I decided um, to, when I was getting better, uh, I discovered that there was nothing in the market for me uh, that didn't need bending down or stretching my body because it was very important that I had that support um, to gain my independence back and my dignity. So um, I checked the market and there was nothing there. So fast forward in 2018, the, the um, stroke gave me a lot of um, additional um, challenges, health challenges. Uh, I, I went on to have um, dialysis, uh, the high blood pressure damaged my kidneys. Um, I had tra I've had transplants since 2011 um, and um, uh, I, I looked in the market again and there was nothing in 2018 and I just went for it. Um, <laughs> so uh, I got the patent for that. So 
what it ideally does is you can wear it sitting down, standing up or lying down. Uh, it's good for when I was getting better, I could lie down and wear my underwear. And then when I got fully better standing on my two legs, I could stand up and wear it. Uh, when I start, I could sit down in the bathroom and just wear my knickers. So uh, it negates the need to bend down or um, uh, or stretch. That's basically what it does. You can lie down wearing it. If you're in an aeroplane toilet, um, you know the toilets are very confined spaces. So <laughs> you don't need to take your trousers off because you want to change your knickers. Take your tights off. You just need to stand and take the old one off and um, take put the new one back because you're on a long haul flight and you want to change your knickers. Um, for elderly people that are frail, you, um, I was working with a dementia patient um, um, about three years ago and um, she won't stand up to change her knickers. She just doesn't understand why she should stand up and wear her knickers. So in those cases, you just give, give her a gentle um, tap, like just move your bum and then that's it. So she can wear it sitting down. So there's so many examples on my YouTube channel. Um, people can go to my YouTube channel and see the various things it can be used for. Okay, well, that's a that's a beautiful story. Um, I do interview guests from time to time that um, have invented because of the need. They had yeah. a need, and and nobody yeah. was was meeting those needs. Yes, and so I think that uh, when we take a look at necessity is the mother of invention here yes another, it is yeah yeah it is absolutely um tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced in wanting in actually designing and manufacturing the undergarments oh um number one capital um you just need capital um my ppi money came in and then i spent it all on it uh, this is a payment protection insurance. Um, I don't know whether there's a claim like that in America, but we got loads of money here mm -hmm. for um, giving us a um, uh, financial product and charging us insurance for it. We got a refund. So I, I got a hefty uh, sum and then I used everything and plus mine uh, on the business to start it off. Uh, I first went to Salisbury uh, in um, UK to innovate Salisbury, they're called, and uh, they got the designers to do it for me because um, I needed them to tell them what to do and then they'll do it. Um, then um, capital, more money to more money was needed to start it off. So um, I got money from the bank and then I started production in China. The Chinese order after spending a year, 2019, that's fast forward to 2019, it took a year to design. And then the last ship out of China, uh, it was sent by the last ship out of China and it was defective. <laughs> that's uh. China for you. <laughs> we, we gave them specification upon specification upon specification and they still got it wrong. It, never mind. Uh, when the customers started complaining, we had to make a very um, stressful decision. I, it, it was blood, sweat and tears. And it was not my money, it was bank's money. <laughs> <laughs> if it was my money, then I wouldn't care, but it was bank's money. Luckily, um, they gave me more. <laughs> 
and um, we went, we started afresh in Turkey. So manufacturers were in Turkey now, and they do it beautifully. The cotton is organic. Everything is lacy. It's really good quality, good quality fabric, good quality uh, packaging. Everything is um, recyclable, sustainable. So they, they're conscious of every uh, thing that is going on around the world. Um, and that's that. There's another inspiring story. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try. <laughs> yes. Um, I want to. It's hard. I'm gonna say it's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> but most you don't people, succeed, you try. <laughs> you want to succeed, so you keep yeah. moving forward with this. And so I, I, I admire the the persistence, not only from a perspective of you've had a stroke and you overcame that, but hey. They, they send a they send a bad batch of underwear. So I got to do something about this because I don't want my customers getting upset. Because underwear yes. is something you buy on a regular basis. So yes, keep yes. your customers happy. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about uh, the um, the material. What kind of materials were you looking for in your undergarments? Um, materials that would not inconvenience anybody that is on the wheelchair for a long time. Uh, I I needed. I gave the um, specifications to the um, Salisbury Innovate UK because I wanted material that you could sit in it and be comfortable for a day that you wouldn't have to because um, people I'm designing for is very likely they'll be sitting down most of the time. So I needed a material that would breathe that the organic cotton they got the material right in China. I can't fault the material because um, we gave them specification but in, in Turkey they got it absolutely spot on. The organic cotton and then the lace is breathable, so you you can sit and you would not know you're wearing an underwear. Honestly, some people have come back to tell me that they do not know, they, they do not remember wearing an underwear out of the house, and then <laughs> they had to fill themselves. <laughs> That's right. So it's that it's that comfortable. That's that you did it right. You know, when you've got customer satisfaction like that, yeah. um, not that you want to make them anxious. That oh did I put underwear on today? But uh, yeah, yes. I do have it on. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the. Uh, did you design any of the closures to the undergarments, or was that part of the design in Salisbury? No, no, no. I decided. Um, I I went for three um, um, closures. Um, two, three, three. I started with three, and then two went through because um, Velcro. When you sit down, it splits open, so we've not got the Velcro one right. We are not giving up on it, but because elderly, frail people need it, so um, we got the button right, and then we got the clipping hook right. So I decided that was what I wanted because it was easier. It was easy to okay. put on and off. And tell us a little bit about uh, what did you do for marketing? Because you you can have a wonderful product, but how do you reach the people that need it? Yes. Um, I started with um, a marketing company um, and I pay loads of money, honestly, loads of money for six months. And then I decided not, no more because they were, we weren't getting anywhere. They weren't bringing the product to the consciousness of the public. So I started Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, LinkedIn adverts, um, Twitter. So I went on all those social media. Um, I went on magazines, um, able 50 plus in UK. So 
um that's the way i market nowadays but um i need more money for marketing i need more investment for marketing because um i got one published um my london news which is not national it's just london so i when i got that my sale went up and there everything you go. analytic analytics everything went up <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for press coverage yeah press coverage is the one that matters and like the podcast and yeah well just so the listeners know if you go back to the liner notes of this show um there'll be websites uh there for you to take a look at that way you can see the what, what is it it's a it's a beautiful product uh, i had yes. a chance to go and take a look at it it's it there's no other words to describe it um you don't you don't here with Clipnix, you don't have a medical looking product. And, and no, that's the, no. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the idea. Yeah. That was the idea initially, yeah. because I, I, when I had the stroke, I was 35. So I didn't want anything that looked older people. <laughs> you get what you mean? I was yeah. 35, but I, I'm the prime of my time. So I didn't want anything that looked ugly and everything. So that was what I had in mind. <laughs> Well, you hit it spot on because, yeah. you know, in my field, every, and that's why I like the wearable field. And I, I like to talk with people that have something to do with designing and, and fashion because, you know, all the years I've been in, in four decades, I've been in, in the medical field and ugly describes just about everything we've got. So I'm really glad to see the wearables market is, is really moving forward technologically, but also fashion wise. So our patients won't have to wear something that looks ugly, that looks medical, that basically yells out, you've got a medical problem. So, yes. you know, you certainly don't want people <laughs> walking around like that. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, again, kudos to you. And the, the next question I have for you is what improvements are you looking at doing with regards to the garments you have now? And also what products are you looking at in the near future that you would like to put out if any at all yeah um the answer to that is um right now we have designs to last us at next next five years um would introduce them gradually so that we don't saturate the market um there's um velcro in development there's um uh sash in development like ribbons uh, the different things in development, um, we bring, introduce that to the market um, gradually. So there's no saturation problem. Uh, there, there'll be less, in, in a way, you put the customer to decide where to go next. You, you throw them, the demand will be there, but you have to react to the demand. If you see what I mean, doesn't make sense. Yeah. So we, we won't do anything that, customers don't want unless customers tell tells us that they want this and then they will do it we'll rather be reactive than proactive uh in this industry so you don't produce something that it's not wanted very that's a very good point now you talked about um the velcro and the development of velcro and you'd mentioned earlier in the podcast about when you you, you sit down on the Velcro. Yeah, the, the little loops loosen up. So um, without giving away any trade secrets right now, um, is it a, is this a big challenge to develop Velcro that will withstand Yes, I've seen, I've seen people do it. Um, I've seen quite a few on the internet. So we're just um, perfecting it because um, if they can do it, it's possible. 
if you see what I mean. But I don't know if they ha they're successful at uh, selling it. That's another thing to make it and then to sell it. So we were researching on the um, viability, not just the um, production. So that's where we are now. Okay, and that's a. I would think that's one of the challenges coming up ahead is yeah. for that because it sounds like a simple process oh put some velcro on it and everything's fine but oh you, no it's got to yeah. be tested yeah tested sold <laughs> yeah and so you had mentioned and, earlier that it wasn't that simple i mean it was like whoa i have to go back and relook at this yes 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 and it's been done i, I can see it that it's been done but i don't know how but i don't know if it sells or oh, maybe customers complain about them sitting down and it's splitting. So I don't know the successful part of it. It's one thing to make it. It's another thing to be successful at it. Good point. Very much so. Um, we see that a lot in, the, in our world. Uh, how many things looked really good in the laboratory and then we started to put them out into production or beta test them um, uh, that oh, it doesn't work so well. Uh, and I know for myself in doing beta testing, sometimes you run into those whoops, uh, not going not back good. to the drawing board, but, but that's what beta testing is all about. You can start working mm -hmm. out those, those wrinkles that you know are going to be out there, but where are they going to be? So then you can get that nailed down. Exactly. You actually get yeah, absolutely. The marketing yeah. Of yeah. That. And my final question, the, the question that I ask all my very special guests, where do you see this sector of wearables, the, the functional adaptive clothing in five years? In five years, I think the rate at which it is um, growing, it would be ready to wear on one side and adaptive on the other side. So it's your choice. So you'd choose between ready to wear or adaptive. And, and adaptive is going to evolve into not just disabled people, elderly people, it will be everybody you have a choice to re ready to wear or adaptive. If, you, if it's adaptive that you want, then you go for adaptive because some people, even they are not disabled, they, have, they can do everything well. They can't just be asked to zip. It's too much work for them to zip. <laughs> if you see what I mean, they can't be asked to um, slip into the um, trainers and tie the laces. They just want to slip it in. So there'll be a choice for customers in five years time ready to wear or adaptive and everybody will go for adaptive in five years because nobody wants to be bothered. They're all in a hurry. I don't know where they're hurrying to. They're all in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in a hurry. The next generation is going to be perfect for them. Adaptive is going to be perfect for the next generation. They, they just want something to slip into. Don't bother with any laces and it looks good. The point is they're designing things. Adaptive is coming up so fast and so beautiful nowadays that you really have a choice. So ready to wear. Watch out. We're coming. <laughs> you know, it just crossed my mind that the drive-through generation, you know, mm. I just, I just want to th throw it, literally walk into my clothes and then get into my car and go to work. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm stopping to get my coffee on the way to yeah, work. Yeah. I'm getting my breakfast yeah. on the way. Nobody to work. wants to dress up in the morning. Something for your own from from underwear to clothes, the shirt, magnetic buttons. It's in it's in vogue now. Magnetic buttons, cufflinks that will slip in. Anybody, anything to make life easy.
Nobody mm-hmm. wants to struggle and wear clothes. Nobody wants to do does uh, do laces. Nobody wants to do um, zips. Anything magnetic, click, 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 and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Well, so think there'll about... be a choice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's if we think about it. If you pop a button on your shirt, oh, now I got to sew the button back on, or have have somebody you know sew the button, or or take it somewhere to have the button be put back on. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, that that shirt's not being, it's not in your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe people just throw the shirt away, you know. So they, but that that becomes an issue with people. Yeah, you, there'll there'll be so much um, interesting adaptive wear to the extent that people would um, want, prefer it to ready to wear and ready to wear. She watch out. Because more the designs are coming out, more uh, functionalities are coming out, so that even not only disabled people and elderly people or pregnant women, but the entire generation of uh, uh, the public would want it. And what I'm noticing with regards to what you were just saying about the public's noticing it, they want it, I'm seeing that the the outerwear that, of course, people see Actually, it has a, a casual, sporty, slightly dressy look to it in, in some of the merchandise that I'm seeing out mm. on the internet. And mm. it does have an appeal. You're very right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it looks it looks sporty, but it doesn't look like yeah. I'm dressing up like Rocky, you know, to yes. go out outside in the gray sweats. I'm actually, you know, I have some yeah. nice colors. It's more yes. fitting. Yeah. It's um, it's it, they're sweet. doing a lot of design on that. It's incredible. For adaptive wear, it's so incredible. The designers are doing a good job. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, you know, looking at that, thinking to myself, okay, this is something I can now have a place for my patients to go mm-hmm. in order for them to now be able to dress themselves instead of asking somebody in the household, you know, can, mm-hmm. can you put my socks on for me? You know, I, I need help putting my, my shirt on. So we can certainly start to see now there's places mm-hmm. for them to go. And that's really nice because it's been a struggle for people. I know um, I had a guest on in the past and she was talking about her, her grandmother in the hospital and, and the gown, you know, the gown was just, it's, it's, it's it, hideous. Yes. It, it's hideous. We have to do something about the gown. And I've always I went thought to... that. Yeah. It's hideous. The, the, the design is back to the 17th century. Yes. Um, yes. It, it's it's probably the only piece of fashion that hasn't changed in in four hundred years uh, compared to other things. You know, I you don't know. know maybe... I don't know why designers have not looked at that because um, the last time I went to um, uh, uh, X-ray my legs and um, I saw the they tell, told me to change into a gown and I thought, well, where where's the front? Where's the back? You don't even <laughs> understand the front and the back. Some some you do it to the front, some you do it to the uh, back, and I'm just thinking, uh, why hasn't people revisited this uh, gown? <laughs> the design. I've been asking myself that for forty years. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that hasn't changed either. But if you look back through history and you see drawings from the you know the 17th century of people are wearing the similar style. It's yeah, it's not, yeah. And this so is not something us. that. It, it's not because do... it's attractive and people want to keep it for 400 years. No, it's... no. And it again. Ma- it makes hospital more depressing. Yes, it does. It, it, you, you don't even feel like you're a human being. You probably feel like you're a cadaver instead of a human being, you know, that's in the hospital. So I, I've always thought that in, when I've been in, worked in the hospitals and mm-hmm. you see people in the gown. And they even say, oh, this gown, you know, yeah, I know. 
I said, it's, you know, it's a 400 year old design. And, and again, the medical profession just doesn't deal with these issues very well at all, obviously. So we need your help. We need the, we need the fashion designer people like you. Cause like I said, many, many times, you know, the funny thing, the funny thing is someone is sitting on the patent somewhere in the middle East or Asia, because that's what we noticed. Uh, people are sitting on the patent and they wouldn't allow somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. So they've designed it to the design stage. They've prototyped it and they're sitting on it so that nobody else would do it. Mm -hmm. That's, I never thought about that. That's a good that's point. That's a problem. That's well, they a should problem. not be we sitting don't... on that. <laughs> There's too, too many people are suffering with these pieces of material <laughs> thrown over them. You can almost put a, a trash bag over yourself and it would be just as good looking, right? Waterproof too. You can take a shower mm. with it. Okay. Mm. Um, enough beating up on the, the medical gowns. Um, so I, I really appreciate your five-year outlook because that's something I've not really thought about that it's really going to be in how you look at the, the product is, yeah, I really don't necessarily need help putting it on. I don't have any physical disabilities or, but that looks nice. And actually mm. It's nice because it, it's 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 fitting and it doesn't have the buttons or the zipper in the front. It it looks it clean. It's a clean look, mm. and a lot of people like that. And the fact that it, it's it's attractive as well, but it looks sporty. It looks like you know you're an active person. And actually, to be honest with you, I think it promotes more activity because mm. it's 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 looser fitting, but it's not baggy. So I think mm. people will feel comfortable. Not only will they wear it, but I think it can also turn into, and my prediction is exercise wear. People may use mm. this as exercise wear. Now, whether it's the proper material for it, I'm just saying the design also lends itself to stylishly exercising. Go to the gym and, and you look pretty nice in it. And people like notice you and like, hey, that's a pretty nice looking outfit. Because let's face it, people do go to the gym a lot of times. They want to be noticed. It's mm. that's just human nature when you go to work out. So, you know, there's a bit of vanity, there's a bit of that in it. But if you can, you know, fashion that into it as well in your design where people, you know, they look nice in it. And if people look nice, they're feeling better about themselves. And I, chances are they might go exercise more. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jeff, I'll, I'll stick to underwear right now. But in <laughs> five years time, I'll think of sporty wear. <laughs> Well, that's fine because you've got the market there. You have a beautiful product yes. and there's not a lot out there in the market, except really you've got from what I've seen. You have what it takes as far as yes. the design and it, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful underwear. It's not just something that's just a piece of material. So I think that that goes a long way, uh, especially with the female population where they can feel better about themselves. And again, yes. I'll tell you, yes. it, the, the, it, it increases independence and privacy and confidence you feel mm -hmm. tall when you wear uh, something nice and lacy and sexy. So you mm -hmm. feel good about yourself. Yeah. And if that, if that makes you do better in your therapy, I'm all for that. And I know that it will, because people feel better. They're, they're going to want to do more because they can see mm -hmm. there's a sense of I'm improving. Life mm -hmm. is getting better. I'm yes. more like myself now. And as you mm -hmm. know, when you start to feel more like yourself, that even spurs you on to even want to get better. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's super important. Yeah. Well, Fumi, I want to thank you again for your time. You're welcome. For, uh, coming on the podcast <laughs> and talking about your wonderful product. And again, on the liner notes, um, we'll put the, the website for the 
company. So that way our listeners can take a look at it and uh, maybe they'll want to buy it just because yeah. it's, it's, it's nice looking. It's practical. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the it's practicality. Practical yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing there. And um, of course I always leave it open too. If you have anything new that comes out in the future, please email me and we'll get you back on the podcast. Cause I always want to stay up with what's the latest and the greatest. Yes. And wearables. yes. We'll be the first to hear. Well, wonderful. Trust me. I'm, yeah. I'm glad for that because I want to get that information out there because it's exciting and it's very fast paced, this wearables market. So mm. I keep in shape trying to keep up with it. Yeah. So <laughs> they run it, trying to keep up with them and what's going on in there. So again, thank you very much. And I should thank a, you and have a good rest of your day and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well. <laughs>